Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. In this week's episode, I speak with Max Lieberman. Max is passionate about educating people so that they can learn and grow. Through his own experience of his learning disabilities in the workplace, he noticed a lack of education about disabilities. This motivated him to start Liebs & Co. to teach others in the workplace how to better understand people with disabilities and to ensure they are given fair opportunities to be successful. During his downtime, Max can be found spending time with his dog Churchill, hooked to the TV screen when the Leafs are playing, and taking time to read a book and meditate. In terms of change talk, Max and I discuss his habit of biting his nails down to the quick, which he has been doing for as long as he can remember. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. And may Max's change talk, in some small way, inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy. Seek professional help if needed. Okay, so everybody, welcome to another episode of Change Talk. I am here with a friend of mine. This is an actual friend, not one that I met 10 minutes ago. Someone that I met 19 or 20 years ago at summer camp, Camp Manitou. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Max Lieberman to the show. Thanks for having me, Noah. You know when they were used to run the campfires, you said like your friendships you will never end and stuff like that? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, These 20 friendships years. Friendships we pray never end. Camp Manitou. Yeah. Let's leave that for a second and just tell us about yourself, first and foremost. Well, I ended up getting a dog um, about a year and a half ago, and he is 15 months now, and it's been a cool experience. I, I, the unconditional love you get from having a, a, a dog is unbelievable. It's like having a kid. When we were kids, you know how our parents used to take us to like sports to interact with other kids or put us... Um, make playdates for us it's the same thing with dogs because they need that socialization especially since they're a pack animal right and it's unbelievable like you, you see how the interaction changes who they are and how it builds their social skills like how we were how we were when we were kids how our parents did the same for us with sports and camps mm -hmm. and whatever it may be it, it just it's it's a fascinating thing tell me what it's been like for you to be a dog owner how, how has it changed your life it changed my life in a lot of ways, actually. I'm not, I used to look for love. Like I used to like honestly look for it, like find, try to find it everywhere I can. Cause I never truly felt the idea of being loved. I never felt I deserved being loved, if that makes sense. Mm. So you never felt just worthy of being loved. Yeah. I, I just yeah. never felt that. And that was like probably when I was from six years old until this year, actually when I've had it, when I'm developed this bond with, with Churchill, it, it just really taught me that unconditional love because anytime you, 
you do something, they're not judging you for who you are. And that's where it probably came, came down to. They just love you because you exist. It's just pure love. It's pure love and they live in the present. But yes, they have, to live, they have memories, they have past memories, they have traumatic experience, they remember stuff. But all they really do is teach you, they really teach you to live in the present. And that's right. where it's just, that's what technology in our society is really missing, is living in the present. So being a dog owner, you get to practice both loving something, you get to practice being loved for who you are, and the dog brings you into the moment. I feel very happy for you that you have this, that you have a dog that's like just this positive, major positive part of your life. And also, when you take care of something and you feel responsibility for it, it makes you feel accomplished as well. Like you're taking care of a living being right now. You're being a, a parent, not of a child, but, but you're being a parent of a, of a, of a sentient creature. Exactly, exactly. And I, that's why I also I realized now since I started taking care of Churchill uh, and being a, like a, a dog dad, I... Uh, dog I, dad? Yeah, it's like a term on Instagram where I like it. I, I'm owning it. It's it's <laughs> who I am well, now. It, haven't we always called you Daddy Leaves? Truth be told, Tyler, when you nickname me Leaves or Daddy Leaves, it's did I nickname dude. you that? Yeah, you nickname. I made up your nickname. Yeah, in, two, in the summer of 2007, 2006, I think it was one of those years. Um. You started calling me Leeds and it just stuck. It followed me from camp all the way wow. to university. All and you are Leeds, right? And, like, and this is going to lead us to the fact that the company that you're running right now that you have started is called Leeds & Co. Exactly. <laughs> so you like the names. It, it was good for you. It's good and it was great for me. It, it's still great for me. So yeah, Leeds, like, how do you spend your time these days? What are you, what are you up to? I start as I meant, as you mentioned in the pre- previous statement. I start a business that helps people who have disabilities in the workforce by educating, educating their employers for proper training programs so they can understand people with disabilities better and ultimately have a stronger workforce because of it. So does that involve like helping companies have psychoeducation to know the problems when they're hiring so that they can have good tools to understand people? Is that kind of how it works? That and it also it's also um just also gives them strategies if they find out they have let's say that when you go into an interview or you get hired excuse me they usually have a box you declare yourself someone with disabilities and one time i did that i checked the box that had disabilities yeah i never had a an employer company when i did that say oh how can we help you how can we make sure what does that mean for you like yeah Right. They didn't know. Like there was not more follow up after that. There's no education about that. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, when I when I would go for it, when I told them, when I did check and I said them I had that stuff, um, and I asked for recommendations, sometimes they weren't willing. Well, from my experience, they weren't willing because they thought it'd be a lot of money or it cost it's too much time. Yeah. So it's more about just educating them that if you give them the proper tools you'll be able to um, not only be successful for your company, but. So what, what disabilities Max, do you struggle with? So I never did well in big groups. You would get really uh, anxious. There's so much going on that I can't keep up with the conversations. And I would just focus on one person and try to get their attention. That was always difficult for me. 
to be in a big group in a fast-paced environment, it was always difficult. Yeah. Uh, I found that challenging. I just never realized that as a kid. I didn't even realize that in high school either. I only started realizing that once I went to university. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't hit me until this past year, actually. And it's finding out strategies to deal with it. And not, I don't mean to label things, to pigeonhole things. I'm just... Yeah. What, what is that? Is that a social anxiety kind of thing? No, it's a processing thing because I'm, tr- I'm hearing so many uh, conversations that are going on at once. Right. I'm trying to um, take in everything so my cognitive load gets overwhelmed. And that's when I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm, I get stressed out or I, I react in certain ways because I'm, I don't feel properly heard. So that's yeah. what would happen in those situations. Anytime I realize I, I probably if I've act out, it's because I wasn't being heard properly and I was in a situation where it's um, too much going on. Yeah. And just get my, uh, my point across. Like I would, there's, for example, if I hear a conversation, I would try to interrupt and just say, hey, like, yeah, th- how does that work? But someone could have be having that in-depth conversation in that group and I can be trying to get my point and not being recognized. And I'm still hearing everyone else talking and they, they move past that point. So that's really hard in a, in a work environment when you're in meetings and, and you're trying to keep up with a fast paced conversation. It, it, exactly. And that's why I love the tool you actually, you, you, you um, told me about the Otter AI. I've been using it every time I'm in a meeting so I can just focus and it, it records everything. Um, I wish they had that univer- not only in university, but I wish they I knew about that sooner because it would have made my life 10 times easier. Um, and we're talking about otter.ai, which is a voice-to-text transcription. So people we've talked about, even just with writing, struggling to get ideas out versus being able to talk them out, and then that gets transcribed in a very high level of efficiency, and then you can sort of edit them back and play around. So otter.ai is incredible uh, as a tool. It, it honestly is. I don't feel as stressed like going to meetings, writing notes. That's another thing. Like, another one of my disabilities is taking in those, and this is where it comes again in workplace situations, and especially in school. I was told I shouldn't take notes. I should have a note taker, but I'm encouraged to because they're throwing the information so quickly. I have to retain it and then put it to paper. And that processing speed for me is not as fast right. as other people. So I, that got me overwhelmed. And plus, you add in the fact I don't have good handwriting. It's, it's just um, a mess. It's really just a mess. Hard. Yeah. So these disabilities that you've had and for a long time, you've coped in different ways. You've had some success in employment. Sometimes it's been more difficult, right? And people understanding you and utilizing these technologies to help you be very, as effective as you can be because you can contribute so much to organizations. You just need to be in the right environment and in the right uh, supportive place. And part of that with bringing this information to companies is to say, let's bridge this gap. People like Max have difficulties in processing speeds and taking in information at the same way that the average person does doesn't mean that they're not smart. It just means that they need more time to process. They think taking things and on a deep, on a deep level, you take things in and you want to think about them and, organize them not in live time but when you have time later and there's less pressure right 100 percent. that's what i need that's what I, i've always needed and i didn't realize that i was i think i was miscast in certain jobs even though i had success 
I was always in events and events is the high, it's, it's a fast paced industry. It's a, yeah. I mean, uh, department and I was just miscasting that situation because I, this is what happens with people with disabilities sometimes. And they're just, there's a mismatch mismatch yeah. between the, the skills that they have. And it doesn't mean that you're stuck. You know, we're, we don't yeah. live in a fixed mindset. There's a growth mindset and obviously you can improve on these things, but you need to be in an environment that's going to help maximize that. And in a workspace and in a workforce, that's going to maximize what you do great. Exactly. And it's just because it's with the um, disabilities, they think, okay, we put them in an area where they can do the job and we won't need to worry about like the high end stuff. And that's what happens sometimes. Most people who have learning disabilities end up working for themselves because they understand what they need. Mm-hmm. Part of the work that you're doing is going to help overcome that stigma and say that people like Max can provide a ton of value, can be company leaders, can be running their own organization, as long as you give them the, the right tools and environment. And so that's really what you're trying to do here. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're really trying to do because I thought to myself when I left the, left, uh, the last company I worked for, I was like, I'm... I was told one time, I think it was, it's 2019, everyone has learning disabilities. And so it yeah. almost minimizes your disabilities. Exactly. And I thought to myself, if I'm, the, I'm not the only one going for this situation, yes, there's great companies out, out there that's helping out with it and they're making a, a dent. I want to be part of that dent. And I realized that, uh, especially after my dad died, I always wanted to somehow get back because I realized life is short. I just want to help and do something that improves people's lives. That's what it came down to. And I realized it's really affected me. So I knew then there, if I can help people who face some of the challenges I do, I'm doing something for the greater good. And so there's all, there's the two pieces. There's the piece of the employer side, having them have better tools to understand better education within within the industries themselves so that they can know more about when people come in with disabilities and they want to get a job and they want that fair opportunity here's how we can create and maximize their strengths and then there's also helping people navigate the workforce with disabilities is there that piece as well we would like to add that in hopefully in the fifth module that'll be added in because our goal is to help help the whole spectrum but most importantly uh really get the education out there because once educated, you can start making the change that you want to make. And for you, you had that resiliency. You didn't give up. Maybe there would have been people that just kind of gave up um, on the system and sort of resigned themselves to just doing a certain type of job or it not working out. And, and you've pushed, you've pushed and, and been working really hard to get something out there that's going to provide a lot of value for people. So that's amazing. Thank you. You're exactly right. But I have to admit, though, uh, so I I uh, I did quit on myself for a while from twenty sixteen from the beginning of twenty sixteen fifteen to about twenty eighteen. I I was you know relegated. I thought, oh, I won't get any of those jobs because I had the disability. So I just wor- I was working stagehand. I was working stuff that you know, as long as you have common sense, they would say you you can do that job. Right. And I, I, I've relegated myself to that. And I saw people getting higher paid jobs. And I was meanwhile, you know, doing 
8 a.m. to 6 p.m. a shift and then go, go back to work at 10 p.m. and come back at home at 3 a.m. and go back to work at 8 type of thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I, I, had the, I had that moment, and I feel like I, I'm not speaking for everyone else, but I feel like some people who are, have, that, have disabilities have ex- somewhat maybe experienced that, not to the extreme, but right. um, I know for myself, that's what I was experiencing. And I, it felt good because I was independent and I was working for myself, but at the same time, it, it was just brutal. Right, right. Th- thank you for sharing, and I really hope it works out. And- I want to do one more thing before we get to the change talk is you're a wrestler. Max, yeah. you're, you're, a, you're a shorter guy. You are, I don't know how tall you are, 5'7", 5'5". Five, 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 no, I'm 5'3", five, five, actually. 5'3". Yeah. So you're 5'3", you got a big heart, but you're 5'3". And, but you, but you were taking on, you were wrestling kids at camp. You would get in the ring. <laughs> I was scared, to, I was slightly scared to fight you. I'm not going to lie. I think it was an ego thing, but I, you were, you were, you're tough. So uh, you actually, not only did you love wrestling, but you, I think you did some professional wrestling for a little bit of time. Just tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to get in the ring, what it meant for you to be bigger than you were when you were in those moments uh, in the ring. So I was always told to protect myself and I always felt sometimes I got bu- bullied. So it was, I was on me to defend myself. It wasn't, um, wasn't a bad thing. I did bring some of the times I brought it on upon myself. I would say things that, you know, could rub, rub people the wrong way. But I also loved it. And I just always found it was a challenge. And I, I, I liked being challenged and I wasn't scared. My, I had cousins who would do the same thing. And she was a true, she was a, like, we, we would play fight. I, it was just one of those things that I, I idolized Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I just, you know, kept uh, going. And it really just hooked me, which made me want to try it as an as adult. My parents, was, my mom would say more, more so, don't do it. It was always deterred, but I always wanted to try it. And I powered me, said to myself, if I don't try it later on in life and not know, then what am I doing? And I did. And it was honestly the, the toughest thing I ever did. But you liked it. It was, it was empowering for you. Even though you didn't continue it, it was an experience you appreciated. Yeah, exactly. I realized my body can't take the, the punishment as much. It's a constant grind. It's like being a professional athlete, but there's no off-season with wrestling. Right. So thank you for sharing that as well. We're going to get into the change talk here. So Max, what do you want to change? I've always bit my nails. I don't know how it might be related to other stressors in my life, but I haven't had a, you know, perfect healthy nails more than for like a month in my life since I can remember. You've just been biting your nails forever. Yeah. Do you have any time that you remember when you didn't bite your nails? I can say from probably the age of six or seven, I constantly was doing it. Wow. And through to today. Yeah. So what's that like for you to, to be, you know, I had picking lips. That was my change talk. That was the first episode of this podcast. Yeah, I haven't yet. I I mean, I do little things here and there, but it's not picking and bleeding. It's just mm. my lips are healed. Basically, um, I don't have those the 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 picking habit that's been the problem in my life. So, but what's the experience like? Uh, it's usually when I don't realize it. Like I either do it when I'm thinking or when I'm stressed. More so, I used to do it because 
I thought like I get stressed out and I'm just like chomping at the bit and I'll be using the excess energy I thought but it's come to the point now where I don't know if you can see on camera but like I have cuts still there oh yeah 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 you're really you're really biting exactly and when that happens like I'm like okay I know it's there it's painful but it heals up and then you know like a week later or two weeks later it's back to back to this point or a little bit lesser just depending on how my week or day is going when you bite your nails so you bite them all the way to a point why is there cuts because when i bite my nail there's like this there's, there's uh, the stragglers right and it bugs me so I, I try to bite take it off when i take it off like i pull it too hard and it pulls up on the like on the lip of the of the nail or it gets down into the skin of the of the upper layer and it, and it just keeps going and i right. i want to make it flat and that's what i do and, and and ends up with cuts right so you've just been like you said chomping at the bit biting your nails consistently and regularly um there it, it bleeds it cuts um but it's just something you just do it you've noticed that it comes when you're stressed any any other things that come up that say that's why i bite my my nails is that is it really the stress i think it it has to be related to the stress because um or if i'm nervous because i I can remember back when i not when i first did but i remember like like at a young age while i was doing my parents are constantly fighting and i i'm my only child so i don't have that that sibling talk about or go, go through the same experience so the way I would cope with it was, you know, go downstairs, walk it out, and I'd be biting my nails or watching TV while biting my nails or playing N64 or whatever it was. But I would be still constantly biting my nails because that, I still hear that stretch there, but I have that uh, distraction. Distraction and something to hold on to. and Yeah, I, I think you're correct on that because after I did it, I didn't feel pain. I felt calm. I just, my fingers would be like, you know, like the thud feeling that you get. Yeah. If you get like a cut, I would yeah. feel that, but I was like, oh, I'm okay. Like that doesn't bug me. And once my parents were done fighting and everything calmed down and like the tension's gone, I was like, okay, you know, just continue to play, then go eat dinner with the parent, my parents, and then, you know, go back to playing video games or watching TV or read a book or whatever it may be. But that's what I, what I'd be, what I would um, do. And it, it just translated everywhere. If it was school, if it was a social situation from that point on. Right. Um, it, it just manifested yeah and so it was how you learned to cope with stress at a young age and it's just how you've continued to do so it's just very familiar to you so exactly how does it help you in your life how does it have positive impacts in your life it allows me to slow down that's for sure because i'm thinking when I, sometimes when i'm doing it, i'm thinking it allows me to slow down because I'm taking I'm taking the info and I'm not um I'm not trying to focus on everything. I'm just focusing on the on my nail, for example, right? Let's say I'm watching TV and someone's talking to me I, and I'm biting my nail. At least I'm I'm focusing on the nail and I can and hearing my subconscious is working on the on, on the conversation or whatever it may be, and then I come up with a better answer than I would if I'm thinking of an answer. Slow. What do you mean? But it makes you slow down. I mean, it makes it less because I'm not trying to focus on everything around me. I'm, trying, I'm focusing on one thing. So, okay. So it's so a way it's, to gain control of the environment. Like you were talking earlier about being overwhelmed with things that are stimulating in your environment. 
conversations, words, the pace of things are moving. And so when you just go in and bite, it slows things down. It takes the focus maybe away from all of the noise. Yeah. And I think it, it, that's what it, it, exactly, exactly it. Because like I said, I'm not trying to bash my parents here, but it was just always, it was a lot of fighting. So that was my environment. And for me, it distracted me and it made everything slow down and, and I didn't need to um, be, um, I could just process everything because it, it's being allowed. Well, you didn't in, need to t- process as much. Yeah. Like, in other words, it makes you feel less overwhelmed by all the things going on in the environment. Because for you, you pick up on all these things going on and it's processing and processing. So even though it may take away some of your ability to pay attention, maybe it gives you something really to hold on to. And then you have less, you're less going to run all over the place in a way. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly how I would describe it. I, I didn't get to that point, but you're correct. That's exactly I won't be as over the over place. Biting your nails just helped yeah. you sort of slow, slow down, not be as overwhelmed by all of the conversations and all of this, since all the things going on in the, in the world around you. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's, it was soothing. It had, it's, it has stress relax reduction. It, it's a distraction. It keeps you away from being sensorily overloaded. It's mainly like out of habit, but other than that, that's really what it is. But out of habit, that's also a thing because it, we like routine. So the fact that you have this routine that you don't have to think about, you just do it, it's easier. It, it takes away the pain of having to actually replace that behavior and make something new with that time because that would be hard to do. It would be really hard to stop, right? Oh, yeah. It's been difficult. I remember my uncle bought me like fake uh, bitter nail paste to get me to stop. And I would put this like nail clear nail polish on. And if I put my fingers to my mouth, it would taste like crap. Did but it, work? it worked for like a month. But I was starting to eat burgers and fries. Like, you know how we Canadians and Americans eat with their hands when they eat burgers and fries. I was... Um, eating that as a kid and I, and I would be tasting like a, you know, a steer, not like a, a steer in burger or a golden star burger. And the next thing you know, I'd be like, I'd be tasting the stuff that I, even though I'm trying to, trying to uh, keep my fingers nice, I was tasting the bitter nail when I'm trying to enjoy a burger. Right. So <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Um, we'll get back to that when we talk about the strategies, because maybe that's just something that who cares? I mean, so what? Then eat your burger with your fork. Is it worth it? If you get to stop, if you have to stop eating things with your hands as much, but you get to stop biting your nails, is that worth it? And that's a question that you might want to ask yourself at some point. Yeah, not, I definitely for, no, not for now. Um, the reason why I like to do that is because we know you've come into this conversation and really open to making this change. This is a really hard one. I don't, because I don't know where the middle ground is. Meaning, what do you get to pick? Do you get to bite your your nails every, you know, month? Like then you just, it's 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 hard. This is a hard one because it's not. It it is kind of an on and off switch. Is that true? Like, it's it's. I imagine it's not easy to do moderate biting of your nails. It's not moderate. It it, it it's it's like a stream where it's like. There might be a day where I'm not, I'll be fine. 
And next thing you know, it'd be like three days where I'm just constantly chomping and then, then you're fine for a week. Sometimes two if I'm lucky. But it, it just like, it, it just, when that switch flips, yeah, it's gone. I want to get pretty ambitious here. Um, okay. Because we don't usually get this ambitious, but is it fair to say that you just want to stop completely? I want, that would be the ultimate goal, yes. I want to, I want to have clear fingers for once. I know it's going to be hard, like. But you want to stop. Like, you don't want to keep doing this. No, it doesn't look professional. If I go to a meeting, let's say, uh, tell, and I shake someone's hand. Which you can't COVID, right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after COVID. I don't, I don't want to be, like, first thing they see is, like, all these cuts and be like, oh, this, this guy doesn't seem um, confident. That's interesting. And so that's one of the reasons why you would want to change because it's a very public declaration for me as well. When I was picking my lips, I was, it was like people were, would see, Oh no, like I'm not keeping this in control. And so people are going to look at your hands and be like, I mean, that's my reaction sometimes when I see people that have that bite their nails, it's like this person's yeah, they're struggling with this. It's like for everyone to see exactly and it's and my mom always would tell me max you got it like people aren't going to take you seriously they keep seeing you with your um nails bit and i'm like she's correct yeah she's understandably correct people think you're not confident and she says to me all the time she's like you are confident it's just that show, show gives everyone the, the off the wrong image right when you step in the door if they look at your hands right when you come in and you see that um, you meet someone for the first time you judge right away right so this is a, a decision on how you want to come across, how you want to present yourself professionally and personally when you interact with people. You don't want to be one of these people that has completely bit up nails. Exactly, exactly. And even like, even if it's a date, to if I go on a date, it's dating. Like, it's every, it's everything. It comes down to it comes down to legitimately everything. It's it's any aspect. It's everything. Yeah. What else? So you got relationships. You've got, you've got work relationships. You've got romantic relationships that you want to present yourself differently about. Why else do you want to change? Because I want to leave the past in the past. I want to, I want to move forward actually from previous trauma, if, if that makes sense. And I feel like myself biting nails is just, it reminds me of my past, but also when I'm, with my present stressors, it just, it's soothing. Right. So it, it, it's soothing and it, it, it's a stress reduction and you have stress and you want to deal with your life, but you want to maybe deal with your life in a way that can help you live better, um, better coping strategies, um, better processing. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, like I, I already started noticing some of the tools I've been given for other things that have helped. So like, for example, I use voice text now because it's just easier. I, I just send a voice note. Yeah. And so, but you were talking about when I was asking why else you want to change, you were talking about wanting to let go of the past and how obviously just by stopping biting, it's not going to, doesn't, it's not trauma therapy. It doesn't fix all of your problems and, and things like that, but you maybe want to learn while you're, dealing with these this stuff to soothe better to soothe differently and to make a break from how you've been doing things this whole time you've been doing this for your whole life ultimately it's 
I want, I want to have better skills. I want to have better coping skills. And so you just want to learn how to live a better life. You want to learn how to cope better in life. You want to learn how to cope with stress better. The difficulty is that when you stop biting your nails, that means that there's going to be a void. Yeah. So how do you think you're going to be able to deal with that? In other words, it has such a purpose in your life. Biting your nails is so purposeful in your life. How can you possibly replace that? That's a good question. Um, I think that's the question because otherwise you'll just go back to it. Yeah. And I, and I know I have failed a few times, like, like I mentioned with the bitter nail or whatever it may be. I feel like I probably either end up like if I keep growing a beard, I'll be playing with my beard or chewing my, my beard. Um, it, it would be something that like, that won't be as noticeable, but I, I, I feel like I have to find a better tool than just strategy and just chewing on my beard and my beard grow out or biting on the inside. Of your, like I do the same thing. Like you mentioned biting on your side of the lip. I tried doing that, biting on the inside of my lip, stuff like that. I, I have to. Yeah. The difficulty is, is that again, at times we want to understand, okay, why are we doing this? How can we understand ourselves deeper and better? And then the other part is just, okay, I do, ex- I'm stressed. I experience anxiety. I feel stressed. Even if I'm not dealing with all of it, how can I cope better and not do something as sort of destructive in my life? And so for you, maybe biting your nails is not what you want to do. And maybe you're going to deal with why this has come up and on the deeper levels, on a therapy level or whatever it is for the purposes of this conversation, right? You just want to find a healthier coping strategy for right here and now, whether or not you deal with anything else related to it or not. It's what is a behavior that we can think about together here that will help you not bite your nails. Exactly. I, I, that's exactly what I would be looking for. Right. So it'll help with your self-image in the sense that you want to present yourself a certain way romantically and professionally. And the more that you decide that you don't want to do this, then you're going to ultimately present yourself as the kind of person in some small way that you want to be. Then you have the, feel that you have the integrity. You feel like you have discipline. Um, these are big things that you can cope better. These are big reasons why you'd want to change. I, I want to keep growing. And that's, that's the truth of the matter. I, for a few years, I felt I wasn't growing. And I don't like that idea. When you're not growing, you're not learning. And that's what hit me uh, the past couple of years I, when I felt stuck. And big change for me. And I, and I sad to say this, but it's the truth. It's my dad died. Because um, it just changes everything when you lose a parent or lose um, a guardian, let's just say, especially at a young age. Very sad. And, and of course, God forbid these things happen. And, and, and you, when you experienced that, you just said, hey, I want, and maybe even before too, but hey, I want to be more growth oriented. And being able to stop biting your nails will be this reminder, this symbol, both really tangibly, but also in some sort of spiritual or psychological way that I'm making growth, that I'm, that I'm moving forward in my life. 
exactly exactly everything i've done so far is about me changing as a person and that's what i've been trying to do so so how do you how are you going to do this i'm guessing you have a willingness to experiment with lots of things but what's one thing you can do that's really in your reach i could put band-aids over my finger fingers from for the time being mm. like over the fingernails and just but then you're gonna have five ten band-aids on you yeah, I, I will look like a football player, but not like the good kind. Yeah, like um, those are like, in other words, like, hmm, this is a really hard one. And I'm not sure, you know, I mean, you could talk about that. You could put the nail polish back on because you can get clear nail polish. No one can see when you need yeah. to eat. You can just eat with your, with your, with cutlery. Yeah. Seems like a fair trade off. that yeah that does i can do that or i remember my mom mentioned to me that i can go and i think this is probably a a male ego thing i was never comfortable going i wouldn't be comfortable going in and get a manicure because i thought oh that's like you know i got a pedicure recently pedicure is awesome i i've done that just manicure to me was always like when i was a kid it was like my mom would go and i would go with her and i just pictured that and she said you can get a manicure and get the fake nails and it'll cover up your real nails and you'll and um but like fake nails that aren't like really long like people <laughs> yeah just, just like, gel they put the gel over and you can't bite it and the gel and it just protects your nails and does it look like you would look normal nails yeah that's interesting how often would you have to get that probably once a month so you have this either putting nail polish on yeah or you have going and and basically paying to have something go on top of your nails oh exactly exactly but then would you start picking that i think it's harder because my mom used to have that for her it's hard it's when it breaks you will start picking i saw her when it would break that's when she would pick right when when i was a kid so i remember that but um, I had a feeling it'd be the same thing. If it broke, I'll start be able, be able to pick again. But hopefully, I be would have an appointment in time to you know cover it up. But that'd be probably the biggest way to prevent it. And maybe if I got lucky and, and it rarely broke, I would um have a lot of healthy nails. And you would have your appointment set, and you would go regularly. Fine. So look. There's a lot of different strategies. It seems like you're open to doing this. So maybe you'll book an appointment to get a manicure. Yeah. Um, maybe you'll get special nail polish as well uh, for when it does break and then it comes off and then you put it on. Yeah. Um, maybe those are your strategies for now. Um, and again, this isn't dealing with the depth of the thing, right? But these are strategies. And it's, But if you had to sort of take away one, like, even a pre-step to that, because that's a big step. I, I think that if you're able to do that, that's a big step, amazing step. But just between, you know, on a regular basis, is it, would it be helpful to have like a reminder that just says stop biting? Or like, so would that do anything for you? No. I, it's a mixed bag here because I did speech therapy uh, this past um this past during COVID, I started. I went back to speech therapy to speak clearly to help me when I'm talking, so I can. Um, You're doing a great job, by the way. Thank you, thank you. It, it's something that was brought to my attention, so I did it, and I feel much. I feel I feel stronger in the way I speak now. 
And I have it in my phone. I mean, that's always remind me saying, practice tongue twisters, practice this. And I was practicing when I was in the class. But when it was over, I would practice still a little bit, but I still have this on a reminder and I'd say, oh, I do that thing. I'll, I'll click, I'll click the check mark off. I'll click the check mark off because I'm, I'm on the class anymore. That's where I can see it be happening. Like once I feel like I have the success, I would be, okay, I don't need to focus on it as much. And that's, that, that's, I feel like that's a problem with, with, um, but that's good. In other words, like, I mean, not if you need to practice, that's not, but it could be helpful. Um, this is different than that reminder. This is a reminder not to do something. True. I, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, that, that probably, yeah, that, that definitely could work. If I have a reminder on, on a sauna and I just had to say, don't bite your nails and it reminds me every day and I check it off before I go to bed. Yeah, I can. Or just a, a, a reminder on your phone just comes up at every day, once in the morning and once in the evening, just a reminder to snap out of it. Even if you forget and you go back to biting, maybe it'll be more of a reminder for you not to bite. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I definitely will have to program that in because that would be, be a good start, actually. I never thought of it that way. I always thought, like, when, when you see something on a to-do list, if you just do that, like, you just cross it off. And, Try yeah, it. You're, see what yeah, happens. I've got nothing to lose. So I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely put it in on, um, I think, reminders. So reminders, you can just set a twice daily time close to waking up and close to going to bed, or maybe even one in the middle of the day. Who cares? It doesn't yeah. need to be a checklist. Just be a reminder a few times yeah. a day or something like that. So do you think you'll actually – so there's the bigger steps. Yeah. Getting maybe, maybe getting a manicure and practicing that. Um, but the really small steps for the purposes of this episode right now is to set some reminders on your phone to stop biting yeah and the beauty of being on a podcast that you're that you're you're, that you're doing this yeah you're accountable exactly i i like i feel accountable like right now bringing this up i'm not lying to you i feel like i have like it's it's an obligation i feel like it's an obligation for me to do it and i want to it just it, it it's it's going at the public and it shows that you want to make that change and you and you feel like it's it's important and you will do it because you're putting it out there in the public Right. And that's part of the benefit of, of this podcast that we will follow up with you and see how it went. So if you were to uh, sum up this entire conversation into, into one word or phrase or image, what, what would it be like as a reminder for you? I don't need to bite. I don't need to bite. Yeah, because from what we've been speaking about, it just shows to me that there, there are ways to get there's ways and strategies to get there. And if, and if, if I choose to ignore them, that's me being ignorant. But with, but what you're showing me is that there's more than one strategy and you go to your own pace. And that's why when you broke it down to that small step of reminders, I have, I have more opportunity to be successful and actually complete the goal that I want to do instead of, Feeling I have to just go cold turkey. It's extremes. You're going in small baby steps. Small steps. You have some other plans that are bigger. Um, but for the purposes of this, you're going to set some reminders. Maybe the reminder says, I don't need to bite. So it, instead it, of saying stop, which is kind of like a demand, it's more like an affirmation. Yeah. I don't need to bite. 
So I hope that that's helpful for you. And I hope that people that are struggling with biting their nails, um, that, that they can find some hope through this and that Max's change talk can in some small way inspire others or to set some plans to stop biting. And, and thank you for sharing your experiences, who you are at, as Liebs & Co. We'll, we'll link your stuff up. And uh, thanks so much. My pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. I really enjoyed taking part. You're, you're, you're encouraging people to make that change. And, and that's something that empowers people. And I, and I, I dig that. Don't forget to follow us on social media to keep updated on all our content. We are at Change Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Change Talk Pod on Twitter. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change.